This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Good evening and welcome to Pipe Bombs and Headlocks here on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio. Today, Irirangi Onatangata O Manawatu for another Tuesday night. This is the Voice of Reason, Sebi G, here at the NPR studio. And I am joined via internet magical magicalness by my co hosts. Firstly, representing the gun cabinet, Mr. JK47. Kiora. And also representing the gun cabinet, Mr. Ray Gun. Nandeska. Yes. So so yeah, we we we've had uh a lot happened since we last spoke. Last Sammy time we tried to kill everybody with the COVID, so we had to take a break. That's that's not quite what I meant. What I meant was is that the last show we did, y'all had belts. And, oh, we're going straight into that, are you? You're going to start this show off on a low note. How are you going to bring it back, though, Sammy? We don't have any good news for the people. Yes, we do. Because it means well, there's new champions. It's not good news. Sometimes it is. Because that means we're not the champions. Yeah, but but we have to also remember that people are fans of multiple people. Mm, the, the other The other good news is, is that now we have an excuse not to wear pants on the podcast. Because we don't have belts to hold them up. Raygun has already taken full, full mm. advantage of this. Mm. I mean, I was always the guy that I had two title belts. My pants still always fell down all the time. This it's, is true. This is true. It's always the first note when he's watching back one of his matches. Like five seconds in, and my fucking tights are already like around my ass. I, I like the fact that our first ever gun cabinet photo when we had the tag belts was Ray with like this hardy boy slash old school homeboy type look with his jeans halfway down his thighs <laughs> and his wrestling gear underneath us. So, so it was yeah, perfectly yeah. acceptable. I'm a professional. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you weren't, you weren't even holding the tag title then, so, you know. No. You were holding that other title, which I don't believe we have anymore either. Um, no, no, no. Mm. Thanks for reminding me again. Mm. Three belts, two events, one night. No chance. No smiles. <laughs> yeah. no smiles. No smiles. No smiles. No smiles. No. Well, shall we start in the south then? We'll, we'll go with Regan because he went on a solo adventure. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to do the whole show now, or yes, yes. Let's let's. Yes, do so that. I'm going to start from the bottom because that was the main event. Remember so the star attraction. Feel free to pick out highlights if you wish. I think Mark Morales might dispute. Now I'm just going to steal Now I'm cooler than he is anyway. He knows it. Just. Don't wear those wish pants, please. No. Just, why not? Those are cool. Well, he he 
as soon as he stopped wearing the jacket with them, they just became wish pants. They were a cool outfit when it was, what, pants, jacket, and, you know. But now it's just pants. It just looks weird. Yeah, oh well, that's what it is. But yeah, so, Unified presented their, I guess, their version of WrestleMania for the year with uh, the annual Christmas extravaganza. Annual Christmas extravaganza, always a big show. Not quite every title on the line. We'll um, start from the opening act where uh, the the show started with the heavyweight title match. Um, advertised as Robbo versus Kawa Cooper. That changed. Go Kawa. Yeah, and then Bogan Jesus decided to come out and cash in his title shot and added himself to the match. Um, it, was, it was good. It was a bit of a weird match. You know, it's it's a weird thing when the crowd's starting their slow clap whilst Kawa Cooper's got Robbo in a side headlock. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was because they were clapping because they wanted to see Bogan Jesus slowly climb up in the corner. So, like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, match match went with our Bogan becoming the new champion. Um, the match was shenanigans filled anyway. Um, John Henry and I mean, sorry, Gargamel and the New Zealand Dream were at ringside for the whole match, and they were getting involved in pulling cut both Kawa and Bogan off any time they got too much momentum. They were just cutting them right off. Um, eventually, Big Gun came down to the ring and sort of cleared those two boys out, gave Robbo a low blow, and then Bogan followed up with another low blow and pulled off the win. So this show started hot with a crowd favourite down the end, backwards land of Christchurch, Bogan Jesus, becoming CPW Heavyweight Champion. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think Bryant might have something to say about that. I mean, becoming unified Heavyweight Champion. Use take two. We'll just use take two. Hmm. No edits. Yeah. yeah, so in- interesting. Well, now Robbo sort of, <coughs> I want to say he's had an iron grip on that unified heavyweight title for the past year or so, but I, I wouldn't call it an iron grip, more like a, he's had it hanging from a fishing hook and he's just slowly wound it in a little bit more every time someone's gotten close to it. Mm-hmm. But um, yes. yeah, yeah, so that Robbo, the Aussie dreamboat reign of terror of him actively avoiding confrontation and a real challenge wherever he can get it is sort of come back to bite him in the ass and then he lost the belt and then he got fired afterwards. Yeah. I don't know fired? if they posted anything about that, but yeah. Old uh, yeah, I... Rusty Blade full of disgust with Robbo not being able to hold his own, like just fired Robbo on the spot and told him to get stuffed. Hmm. Well, as long as as long as Rusty didn't break an Australian flag, it would have been all good. I don't think he did. Yes, he did. He did. Oh, yes. I he that, snapped. But... He snapped the little Australian flag that he runs around ringside with every time Robbo the Aussie dreamboats in the. Are you sure mat. he snapped the flag? Like Rusty's pretty skinny. Are you sure the flag didn't snap Rusty? Well, no, 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 no. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I I saw footage. On WrestleBeds, um, sort of uh, vlog they made. Um, yeah, Rusty Rusty Blade snapping the Australian flag and then sending the Australian to wins. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's Robbo gone, I guess, which is sort of a sigh of relief. Yeah. 
I am. I'm a friend of Robbo's or Rusty Blades, so that's quite Good the change of heart for Rusty Rubbish, Blades. I say. Normally, I don't agree with Rusty's actions, but that's one I do. Yeah. Definitely the smartest com- he's made in a while. Mm, yes, well, congratulations to the Bogan Jesus, uh, a well-earned um, championship. Um, yes, and he has declared he's going to be a fighting champion, so I'm sure he's got no shortage of potential challenges lined up. Mm. I'm probably going to try and shoehorn my way in there and get myself a title shot based on my recent performance before this show. <laughs> mm. I figure that, that that sort of 400 plus days undefeated has got to count for clout somewhere and get me some title shots, try and get me a belt back. Well, if I yeah, was GM so- of Unified, I, I would I would grant you that title shot. Mm. Yeah, and then you'd probably add Redacted to the match. Mm. Oof. But, Oof. But I feel like I'm also like, I, 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 I would imagine Rusty doesn't like me. I mean, he doesn't like Gibbo either, but he doesn't like me. So I would imagine he's not going to be keen to give me a, Rematch for my light heavyweight title anytime soon. So maybe I'll just have to move into a different division. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, division. That, that match got, yeah, yeah. That match got followed up with by a tag match of a weird, a weird combination on both sides Morales and Abraxas on one side, and Dynamite Deuce and Stuart the Druid on the other side. Okay, do you just just quickly butting in here? Um, what was the official team name of Morales and Abraxas? I didn't have an official team name on the night. This Friends with Benefits things only come out afterwards because they won. Ah. <laughs> I feel like if they lost, Morales wouldn't have gotten on that gravy train, but <laughs> no. they won. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends with Benefits, Mark Morales and Abraxas managed to pull off the win. I forget, uh, I believe it was. Morales hitting a diver, diving elbow drop on Stuart the Druid, I think, got the win. Hmm. That would do it. Hmm. It was a it was a weird little match just because, um, yeah, well, over the last couple of shows, Morales and Deuce have had problems, and over the last show, Abraxas and Stuart have had problems. But you didn't get a lot of Abraxas, Abraxas versus Stuart or Morales versus Deuce in that match. It sort of was almost like the... Morales and a team of Morales and Abraxas came in with a sort of a game plan to take out, try and take out each other's problems. No, well, that's, that's, and it's to work in their favour, like they got the win. So maybe, maybe that's the benefits these friends uh, speak of. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, that, that match got followed up with Corey Cutter versus Trent Year, and this was definitely oh, be a good match. Like Corey Cutter is a great wrestler. Trent Year's come a long way in this past year, even though he hasn't been able to pick up a win yet. He's still, like, improving every match out. Um, Trent Year obviously brought his high-flying shenanigans. Corey Cutter grounded him a little bit where he could, and ultimately that match ended with Corey Cutter winning via pedigree. Hmm. Uh, Corey Cutter's, like, is a very underrated talent. Definitely. Um, is the kind, yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe that was where it went wrong. Trent Year maybe just took it for granted because Corey hasn't had the best year himself. So, like. No, but anybody that, you know, let's sort of let's push the wall out a little bit just for a second here. But um, Corey Cutter's quite an accomplished uh, athlete in BJJ. Yeah. And the footage that I've. 
Yeah, the footage that I've seen um, is incredibly talented that as well. Um, and he's got a bit of a vicious streak in him as well. Um, touch his hat and find out, I guess. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm thing, but I'm a big fan of Corey Cutter and, yeah, Trent Year as well. So, mm. sure, yeah. that one. Both of those guys come out with next year. Yeah. Trent Year, yeah. uh, their first win. Corey Cutter's just got his first win in a bit. Like, <laughs> they're both going to be going into 2023 with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove, and I sure hope they do it. Mm. Um, yeah, the, after that, we had the last match before the mandatory appearance of... Intermission. Devastating superstar wrestler Intermission. Yeah. The last match before Intermission's appearance was... Uh, New Zealand Dream versus Big Gun. Ooh. Which was mm. an interesting match. It was something completely different from everything else on the card, you know. I think it was, I mean, it was definitely the first singles match I've seen Big Gun have. I remember talking to him mm. earlier in the night, and he admitted it was the first singles match he had had in quite some time. And um, he, I feel like that that's what cost him the match in the end. Mm. I mean, mm. he definitely had... The strength advantage. He spent most of the match pretty much feet planted in the middle of the ring, <laughs> and oh, yeah. Dream just did everything he could to try and get him off of his feet, and couldn't do it. Big Gun just kept swatting him away. Um, Dream started cheating, as Dream does when he gets frustrated. Bogan came, sort of put an end to that, and then tossed tossed New Zealand Dream in the ring, expecting. Big gun to sort of finish him off, but New Zealand Dream caught him off guard with the old sneaky something hidden down the tights. Pulled yeah. something out of the tights. I didn't see it. The official write-up said it was brass knucks. I didn't see any brass knucks, but I definitely saw him reach down his tights, grab something, and punch Big Gun in the face with it. Huh. It was a narrow <clears throat> thing, too. Like, if he had if he had reached down those tights a second before too early or a second too late, the ref would have caught him red-handed. I remember literally seeing that, like, just as he turns around and looks like he's going to go down, the ref just leans over to check on Big Gun, and then he dives down and grabs him and pulls him out. And the moment he clocked Big Gun, ref was all of a sudden like, oh, crap, back on the action. And, yeah, yeah, it was a very narrow window, but NZ Dream wound up pulling off the DQ win. Hopefully a little bit of payback for um, Robbo losing earlier in the night and sent the crowd Mm. into... uh, the mandatory intermission appearance, happy. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. No, that's, um, mm. no, it's good to see Big Gun back in action, but not the way we would have liked the outcome to be. But, but, uh, but Dirty Dead still walked out of the show with the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is true. They're definitely going to be a team to watch in the new year, I feel. Yes. I mean, coming back after intermission, we were treated to what was realistically on paper the match that, I mean, this doesn't even really break the fourth wall or anything like that. On paper, when we looked at the card, everybody who was on after this match was like, oh, crap, we've got to follow them. <laughs> Everybody, and it was yeah, it was willpower versus K nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
main event anywhere in the world, I tell you. Yeah. And they definitely brought it. They started it. I, I'm pretty sure it was the longest match on the night, too. And they oh, it would be. It. It's, it's one of those things that cracks me up down there, right? Like, Will Power has tried many times to get the, that crowd down there to hate him. They just don't mm-hmm. want to do it. No. K9 has tried many times to get that crowd to hate him. They just don't want to do it. And so it was a weird match. And then they both sort of just went, screw it. We're just going to embrace it then. <laughs> and they both went out there and had a awesome match. <laughs> yeah. Started off with a birthday celebration. There was a guy, a, a child, I don't remember his name, but he was referred to as the little the little dog or something like that. The canine brought to the ring and made the crowd sing happy birthday to him. Yep. Little dog gave Will Power a little bit of guff, gave him a shove and a slap, I think, as well at one point, which made Will Power's voice go up a good three octaves in sheer shock and terror. <laughs> and then before that whole first tie-up, he's like, that wasn't fair! That wasn't fair! That wasn't fair! <laughs> just so wound up by the whole ordeal. And they, yeah, they went out and had a banger that ultimately resulted in K9 picking up a win over Will Power. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, well. Strong finish for yeah. the Dirty Dog of the South. Yeah. yeah. And from there, we went into... I might have these two ma- next two matches switched uh, mixed around, but I'll do it in the order I've got it written down. The f- match following that was the tag team title match. So Express's first tag team defense. They fought the mm-hmm. first time pairing of. Well, they, they issued an open challenge. It was answered by none other than Gargamel himself. Must be taking another break, his two monthly break from hunting Smurfs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he came out, there was a little less of the show pony JH we're all used to and a bit more aggression, even in how he acted. (laughs) Even in how he acted coming out to the ring, like he just, yeah, he was very angry, obviously, you know. He he spent a while being the light heavyweight champ until I took it off him. Mm -hmm. He had an opportunity to get it back. He hasn't been able to get a win since. Bit of an axe to grind, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he announced uh, his insurance policy to make sure he walks out of Resimus with the tag titles was none other than Adam Avalanche. Ooh. Holy crap. Yeah, which that's, and that's Sammy, one was big policy. That reaction of literally everybody in the arena and all of us wrestlers backstage or watching from behind the curtain when Adam Avalanche walked out. <laughs> we were like, holy crap. How are the Smoko Express boys going to do this? And I believe, from what I remember of the match, the only way they were able to get Adam Avalanche off his feet is when they both did it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the first time he left his feet was the result of one of them trying a second rope crossbody, Adam Avalanche just casually catching the little man, and then the other yes. one having to do a top rope missile dropkick into his own partner just to knock Adam Avalanche down. Yeah, yeah, that's the commitment that it would take to do such a uh, mammoth task. Yeah. And then I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, they were able to somehow manage to get Adam Avalanche out of the ring before they hit their double-team manoeuvre that I don't remember exactly what it is on them for the finish and beat J.H. <laughs> for the finish and kept the tag belts. Oh, well, successful defence then. Um, yep. 
by the skin yeah. of their teeth, by the sounds of it. And they were sort of forced, due to, basically due to the size of Adam Avalanche and the tenacity of a more aggressive than usual John Gargamel Henry, they were sort of forced to leave their smoker break till the end of the match. Oh. Yeah, they tried. They tried. They tried quite a few times to get that smoker break in, but the closest they got was maybe one sip each of their V before <laughs> they just got pounced on again. For Adam Avalanche grabbed one of them by the long mangy hair and dragged him back in the ring and smacked him down. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And then that led us to the main event of the evening. The <sighs> light heavyweight title match between myself and uh, my most recent one of my newest arch nemeses, Reese Gibson. Highly anticipated. The highly anticipated, a year and a bit in the making match between 430, what did my partner tell me it was, 436 days or something like that in the making. Where um, then we had a hard-hitting contest. I knew we were yes. going to uh, take it back to before the show, like we're doing the meet and greet and everything like that, and me, you know, I can't. You guys know me, you know, like I'm a, I'm a nice guy, but I can get a little jelly belly and I didn't really like the fact that more people were coming up for Reese Gibson autographs and they were ray gun autographs. So towards the end of the meet and greet, I sort of had enough and went over there and caused a confuffle to try and get him give us a little bit before our match and tossed all of his pictures away, handed out a couple to the kids that he had just, of mine to the kids that he had just given his to and then put one of mine in front of him and told him to bring it and... K9 and Kawa and Will Power and a couple of others had to get in the way and try and stop us from having to scrap right then and there because I was sort of just trying to goad him into something. I wanted him to start something. We weren't in the match. I could have clocked him with the title belt then and there and gotten away with it. Yeah, well, it's but, not yeah, the honourable way of doing it, but yeah, it is a way well, of yeah, doing it. Yeah, it's one of those things I think I talked about it in our last show. The, the longer that this rain went, the longer this undefeated streak went, the sort of harder and harder it's been for me to keep winning and I've sort of been getting a bit more desperate here and there to pull off the wins. And so it was more, uh, I was a determination. I knew he had just as much momentum behind him as I did. I knew the crowd was going to be on his side. So I was just sort of realistically looking for any possible way to keep the streak alive and walk out mm. with that light heavyweight title at the end of the night. And I ended up coming up short. I, um, I stormed the ring. There was no I, by the time we got to match time, like we did the meet and greet, I got in his head, he probably got in mine a little bit there as well. And so I, I wasn't there was no I wasn't gonna pander to anybody, I wasn't doing the polite thing. I just when my music hits, I just stormed down to the ring, tossed the belt aside, got in his face and just started throwing forearms at him. <laughs> at a boy. Yeah, and we were knocking the like it was. I get. I'll, I'll give Reese Gibson props where props are due. We were knocking the crap out of each other all match long. Reese Gibson broke one of his fingers, chopping me in the chest. Had to have. I oh. found out he had to have surgery on it on Monday. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, that's probably my fault for riding him up a bit. But <laughs> um, and yeah, it was uh, it was a match where we both. We both knew we had to throw – we were both determined to win, and so we both threw everything we had at each other. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, seven, eight elbows and elbow drops in, like, a two, three-minute period just to 
I'm like, no, nah, I've got them down. I'm not even going to waste time trying to figure out something else to do. This is working, so I'm going to keep doing it. I We forearmed the hell out of each other on multiple occasions. We chopped the hell out of our, each other on multiple occasions. I, uh, I took... I took a diving crossbody to the outside. I took a second rope diving crossbody inside. I took a top rope crossbody inside. I took a double axe handle suplex. I took a top top rope double axe handle suplex. I hit him with a tilt world power slam. I hit him with multiple elbow drops. I hit him with multiple back elbows. I ragdolled him around the ring quite a few times. I powerbombed him into oblivion. Uh, I got stunned. I got people's elbowed which infuriated the hell out of me at the time we literally threw any and every move we could think of at each other there was no i'm focusing on the stuff that normally works for me this was a we've got to throw anything we've got any anything we've got in our bank just throw it at each other and hope it works and hope we keep the other person down and ultimately i I think after my powerbomb, I probably got a little bit too cocky. He somehow managed to kick out, but at the same time, I was like, no, I just I just powerbombed this vanilla midget into oblivion. Like, if I hit him with one more of these, he's dead. And so I just maybe took a little bit long picking him back up and he ended up hurricanering me out of it and then hitting me with his pasty white noise finishing move, and that was me done. Hmm. No, I know I know the feeling of those moves, and yeah. All right, um... It sounds like it was pretty um, fortuitous that you were the last match of the evening because I don't think there was many moves that anybody else could do afterwards. No. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, we, yeah, we went pretty, for lack of a better term, batshit with it. Oh. Well, Break. that's Break. what you want to see in a title match, right? Yeah, yeah. Breaking the fourth wall, it was one of those things that needed to happen. Like, I think I mentioned to you, Jay, when we had a chat, like, last week and stuff, that, like, going on, knowing we're going on after, like, a Smoko Express match and after Canine versus Will Power and after Phoenix, Cool Guy, and Moody, we were like, if we go out there and just try and have, like, a wrestling match, the crowd's going to hate us. <laughs> so we, we had to do something different. So we went out there and we gave them a show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and the crowd was yeah. They that is definitely Reese Gibson country. The crowd was rabid for him the whole way through. There was a patch where even I was just taken aback. I had to just stand there for a moment and just look out at them while they're all just chanting for Gibbo. And I'm like, come on, man! I've been giving you guys my all in this match too. <laughs> I've been like, I didn't. It was only in the last little forearm bit we were forearming each other towards the end again, again towards the end of the match where I actually got booed. The rest of the match I was getting cheered, but like I wasn't getting Gibbo, Gibbo, Gibbo being sung to me. I wasn't getting Raygun being sung to me. Like he was the whole match long. Anytime they the there was no moment where the crowd was quiet. Every moment of quietness was broken pretty quickly by the crowd starting to sing for Gibbo, and it. Yeah, I don't know. Just must have gotten in my head a little bit towards the end, and then after that power bomb, I thought I had it, but I just didn't. Oh, it sounds like you gave it your best shot, and I guess nobody, nobody can fault you for that. So yeah, yeah. You had a good run, champ. Yeah, yeah. Basically, a year. I think it was technically a year because I think the wrestlemas show this year was one day later in December than it was like last yes. year. So I'm pretty sure I actually got my year reign, which I'm pretty happy with. Like, 
I think it's a rain. It's a rain I definitely didn't see coming when I first managed to get that upset win for the belt to begin with. It's a rain I don't think anybody else saw coming. And I'd like to think it's... I'd like to think it's legitimized me a little bit in the eyes of any potential doubters there were in the fans about whether I can bring it in a match and everything like that, whether I can bring it in a high-profile match. I think my year-long reign with this light heavyweight titles definitely helped legitimize me a bit in that respect. No, no I would agree That's with that. <laughs> All right, we need to go to a quick break here on Pipe Bombs and Headlocks, but stay tuned because we will hear how things went down at CPW. Yeah, yeah, we had had some good discussions about that. I'm not happy with that either. (laughs) Do we have to talk about it? Yes. Yeah, you just made me talk about mine. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Welcome back to Pipe Bombs and Headlocks here on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio. Today, Urirangi Onatangata, O Manawatu, for another Tuesday night. This is still the voice of reason, Sammy G, still here in the NPR studio. And I am still joined by my internet co-hosts, representing the gun cabinet, Mr. JK47. Yes, I'm still here. Not happy we're going to talk about this, but I am here. And former unified light heavyweight champion, Mr. Brick Gut. Yeah, I'm not happy we're going to be talking about this either. This is going to be the honor of an episode. Remember, when you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. I mean, last time I hit rock bottom, the only way to go was one, two, three for the win. Hmm. Um, last time I had a rock bottom was um, that's against Marley Maniac at um, Maniacs. Anyway, <laughs> I I have not done a rock bottom on anyone, so yeah, I can merely I, talk I forgot about what experience. I forgot which move I was going to do next, so I just called rock bottom and yeah. right in the middle of it. Use it as like sort of like the fill in spot, you know. Got me some heat with Dwayne, but, you know, hey. Oh, just quickly, I did forget one match from the show. Okay, let's talk about that, and then, then we'll some, send the crowd home. Somewhere in the middle, there was Rocky Ryder versus Elliot Samuels. How could you forget <laughs> the honorary member of the gun cabinet? He's not honorary yet. We haven't made any sort well, of decision on that, Sammy. You don't get to make those decisions. You're a redacted supporter. From from the reports I've had, he had some pretty stylish gear, so he, he's yeah, making a good yeah. standing for himself. New gear looked good in his new gear. So whoever made that gear for him must have been pretty pretty cool person. Capes. And yeah, the That's what the gun good little, good little back and forth between two sort of equally sized, equal equal size, equal strength, equal speed sort of wrestlers. They um yeah yeah they went back and forth um. Elliot obviously started off with his amateur wrestling skills. I seem to be the only person he's fought so far that's managed to avoid having to deal with that. <laughs> but um, eventually Ryder took over and ultimately Ryder ended up sort of cheating to his heart's content. 
towards the end there. And he came out to the ring with somebody, uh, some chick named Rose. Yes. Squeeze the one. Us. But um, ultimately the match ended because whilst Ryder argued with the ref, Rose started choking Samuels out on ringside. And, but Elliot Samuels made, managed to recover and grab his STF finish on Ryder. But Rose distracted the referee. And then when the referee, or when Elliot tried to tell the ref what happened, Ryder rolled him up for, for the win. But yeah, that was all. That was all. I just realised I forgot mm-hmm. that match. So, okay, all right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in this week, people. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. And uh, <laughs> from Sammy G and Ray Gun, we wish you all a good night. It's how the show would finish if we were done, but we're not, so we're going to keep going. Because while uh, Ray was in Christchurch, we were in Wellington. Yes, we were. We were. No, it was festive beatings for CPW. It's always a fun show. The Christmas shows are always great. Just didn't go the way that I planned. But anyway, we will get to that. Yes. Uh, So kicking off the show, we had the CPW debut of Dev Cairo from uh, Valiant Pro Wrestling. uh, Stepping into the CPW ring for the first time. Yeah, um, Dev Cairo, he's been... Really exciting to watch. Um, very young and up-and-coming guy. In fact, he's 15 years old. So um, you can only imagine what he's going to be like when he's 22, 23, you know. Um, he's already flying around, zipping around the ring and doing some really cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, it was good to see him in the CPW ring um, and taking on none other than the legendary Trip Hazard himself. Seems a little bit, a little bit, let's just say, meaner, a little bit rougher around the edges um, this time. Um, yeah, could have almost made it a long night for um, um, Dev Corey. Yeah. Yeah. The match was full of mayhem, but um, Dev Corey ended up um, pulling, picking up the win um, and dispatching Trip Hazard. So, yeah, congratulations. Not only a debut, but a victory on debut as well. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of CPW debuts, we also had the debut of Franco, uh, who has been uh, training in Napier as well as Wanganui. So it was cool to have him down for CPW. Yeah, yeah. Franco, he's he's another one of these these young guys that we have our eye on. Um, He's very... Well, okay, we'd, we'd, we'd say maybe green, but what he lacks in experience makes up for enthusiasm and passion. And, hey, every beautiful flower starts off as a seed in the ground, I guess. Um, and I would like to fertilise his seed and, and oh, make him grow. Well, he definitely oh, got planted by none other than Tim Warren. Yes, yes, the the divine hired muscle himself, yeah, didn't really take his time with this one. He sort of um, 
it was pretty decisively quick victory. Um, unfortunately, I'm not not laughing at um, Franco. I'm laughing with Franco. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that dastardly evil ginger Tim Warren's been on a bit of a roll for the last half of this year, hasn't he? He he has. He has dispatched some of the biggest names in New Zealand professional wrestling. Um, which is something that he brought up with our illustrious general manager uh, straight after his match. Um, he called out Sammy G to the ring, and I'll, I'll let you take over from here because you had a bit of a ringside seat, did you not, Sammy G? I did. Uh, <laughs> Tim felt that uh, Franco wasn't quite enough to uh, satiate his hunger. So I went out and... I asked the crowd, you know, did they want to see more from Tim Warren? And they did. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a good start. Yep. Being that it was the season of giving, I had a little present for Mr. Warren in the form of one Danny Octane making his return to CP Dub to go one-on-one with Tim Warren. So what, Danny Octane's first appearance in two years, two and a bit years? Um, yes, his, his last appearance for CPW was winning the um, first match back post COVID. Winning the first match post COVID, which was yeah, middle of twenty twenty, if I remember July-ish, right. Twenty twenty, yeah, yeah. That'll be in Return yeah. of the Idol. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, he won the first ever. Well, the first actual. Wrestling match after the COVID lockdowns worldwide, anywhere in the world. So he was the first ever winner of that. Um, I don't know if he got a trophy for that, but, you know, it's something he can, he can claim bragging rights for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was awesome to see him back. Complete and utter surprise. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a bit of a coup getting one half of the IPW tag champions down to be on our, our show, so it's uh, quite good. Um, and, yeah, the match that followed was certainly um, a, a very nice payment for a, um, a a job well done, I'd say, from Sammy G, because um, mm-hmm. it was an actual blinder of a match. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, didn't actually get a winner because there was a double count out because they were just beating the living tar out of each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what, uh, put it this way, Danny Octane is the living personification of it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. And saying that, Damn, that boy's bogged up since last time he was at CBW. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and his skill level has certainly out, outgrown his, his mass um, gains um, because, yeah, he has got phenomenally better since last time. Not that he was bad before. He was great before. He's exceptional now. So, yeah, excited to have him back. It's one so of those things where I think we've talked about on the show ages ago, like a good couple of years ago probably, the whole like if Danny Octane was like a foot and a half taller, no one in this country would be able to stop him. No, no. Um it would you know, he would be he'd be 
slinging away with the likes of Tangataese and, you know, um, Charlie Roberts, that type of thing, Um, because he is, he's amazingly talented. Um, And yeah, yeah. People may overlook him from his size, but yeah. He's got a bit of a vicious streak to him as well. I think the the teaming up with Rough Guts as the Knights of Mayhem, I think, has has added a few more sort of arrows to his quill. I guess mm. you could say, um, yeah. But that's the thing. Like when you're in a land of giants, you learn to adapt to overcome. Yeah. Or you, or you learn to chop the mofos down, which he's done as well. Mm. Um, and again, can't help but use this as an example, but that's exactly what Reese Gibson did to Rika. Hmm. Reese Gibson didn't about- chop down. He no. just stayed on there. It was more his speed that got me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and slight, slight, no, no offense to Reese Gibson, I don't think the bulk was um, similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I say, awesome to see um, Danny Octane back in the CPW ring, and let's let's hope he, he sticks around for a little bit. Hashtag watch this space. Uh, we also had intermission. Yes, yes, uh, we went to intermission. Um, well, in, intermission was booked, but but there was another match before intermission. Don't I don't recall it being a match, but I think you are mistaken. We talked about Ray's night, so we have to talk about you. Okay. All right. So, yes, we had the TLC, the Tinsel Lights and Candy Canes match. Annual staple for CPW. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, of course, anybody that was at uh, the Wellington High Halloween show would know that um, I decided to make an impromptu call out and, and challenge the exciting, new exciting team of Star Yates to a match um, for the CPW Tag Team titles. Um, yes, that, was, that match was a TLC match. Um, and, yeah, yeah, what followed was, was epic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, it started off with streamers, um, literally, as Luke Star came to the ring and Poof, became Spider-Man. Um, then uh, we had uh, Ryan Zero had previously said to me before the show that he, he he wanted me to change it up a bit. He, he, he loves the superhero and he loves me the way I am, but he needed me different for this match. And and so he sort of, he sort of Ryan Zero-fied me. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I was a little concerned after I was when I was backstage warming up down at Christchurch, and I see that little video of him giving you a pep talk, and I got all of a sudden got very concerned about what you boys were going to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, we we came out in traditional street street fight attire, the the jeans, and I did the old Dusty Rhodes nod um, before Kevin Owens did it too. I'd like to add. Yeah. Um, obviously, knee pads over the jeans and stuff like that. I, you know, um, I even wore my elbow pads because I, you know, didn't want to hit my elbows. Yeah. Um, 
but I tried to channel my inner Ryan Zero, and, and you know our boy Ryan, he always comes out and he's always got this really cool band shirt. Yeah, I came out in my I came out in my favourite band shirt, which uh, at first he was very, very impressed with, until I turned around and he saw the front of it, and I didn't realise he was not a fan of High School Musical. <laughs> He wanted me to be edgy. He wanted me to be more aggressive and edgy. And I was trying to channel my inner Troy Bolton and, and my wildcat spirit. Get your head and, in the game. And get my head <laughs> in the game, yep. Two things more edgy than High School Musical in 2022. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially being a middle-aged man who's balding wearing a High School Musical top, you know. Yeah, it's not about edgy. That's pretty edgy. Um, maybe not the edgy I was going for, but anyway. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great move, but no, it didn't go down as well as I hoped. But anyway, um, once we got into the ring, we did the you know the usual, you know, are you ready, are you ready? And then before the bell could, well, just as the bell rang, Ryan Zero pushed me out of the way and started attacking both star yates. And um, it was it was an ag- more, more aggressive Ryan Zero this show. Um, and yes, that's what the match called for, I guess. Um, and, and, and we sort of went backwards and forth. He, one minute he was fighting Luke Starr on the outside and there were weapons everywhere. And, um, there was the cookie sheet, the Christmas cookie sheets was always a treat. Um, I, 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 at one stage there, I sort of have a moment of temporary insanity I used two candy canes on the never regions of Luke Star. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite brutal. I'm not pretty proud of it, but you know, you know, sometimes you just see the goal and you, you know, see and you get that tunnel vision. Um, yeah, there were Christmas presents battered around. Um, you know, Devante Yates was um, run over by a dinosaur at one stage, um, literally. Um, uh-huh. I ran out from the kitchen with a big toy dinosaur and knocked him flat on his backside. Um, one of the highlights of the match was uh, Luke Starr went for a fantastical suicide dive to the outside. I was not going to be one up. Of course not. So off ca- really off came the. the yeah, exactly. So off came the High School Musical top. And I went for my patented superhero dive to the outside. Um, it's quite scary when you actually go running up to those ropes. So I, I, I may have climbed through the ropes and then leaped off. Um, but it was done in such a, a, a split-second blink of the eye, you know, using my super speed, that nobody picked up on it. Um, so, yeah, that's all right. Um, and, yeah, sort of went backwards and forwards until... To Ryan Zero, I don't know what came over him. Um, I'm actually a bit concerned about our boy um, because he, he he bought a chair, one of those those hard plastic chairs designed for seating yes. into the ring, and he he laid Luke Star over top of it and then grabbed the folding chair and was basically going to do like the Ryan Zero concerto, basically. Um, and, and and everyone knows me. It's not how we roll. That's not how we do it. Um, I pleaded with him, and he insisted he was going to go for it. Um, I had to throw my, my 
I'd do severe effing. I, I put my body on the line to save, you know, he may be my opponent, but he's still a fellow human. I, I wanted to save Luke Star. Um, this was a momentary sort of uh, lack of being on the same page. Uh, and Devante Yates came in and they capitalized on this. Um, knocked over Ryan Zero. Um, next thing I remember being greeted by a big hug from Devante Yates, which um, ended up being a belly-to-belly suplex. Um, and then before I knew what was happening, um, Luke Star landed on me from the top rope. And then somebody told me I got pinned. Um, so unfortunately for us, we lost our titles, but congratulations to Star Yates for a, a well-deserved victory. Um and winning the tag team titles. Um, uh, as they were celebrating, um, Justice Sharp and Ryan Zero were arguing behind me. And I'm going to see what the boys, you know, because I want to see brothers fighting. Um, and before I knew it, suddenly um, I was being booted in the stomach and I received the, the Zero Boy stunner. Um, and... Ryan Zero left the building after saying to Justice Sharp that he couldn't do it anymore and goodbye, friend, and walked out the building. And um, I haven't seen him since. So if anybody has seen Ryan Zero or know how to get in contact with Ryan Zero, please please tell him to ring home. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are deeply concerned about him. Um, we just want to know what's going on. Yeah. So. You're right. This is a dumb buzz episode. I'm really sorry. Told you I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the season for giving. Um, it's a festive season. Um, yeah. I, I tried to give everyone what they wanted. I mean, you guys. I mean, I guess to... the, I guess that means like we we sort of. Start the new year with a mission, a clear, a clear mission, a couple of clear yeah. missions. Yeah, yeah. One, find Ryan Zero. Yeah. Two. Um, let's try and win some more titles. You know, we need something to replace these empty spots in our cabinets. And um, three, finally cure Sammy G of his Tinder addiction. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get anywhere close to that third one. Okay. That's what she said. Mm. 53 minutes. We were doing so well. What do you mean? We made a tripod joke in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I clicked to that as soon as you said, what do you mean? And then I remembered. My bad. <sighs> See, that brought a smile to his face, though, didn't it? See, we're getting more festive. All right, so what happened in the second half, Sammy? Let's, let's, let's get upbeat this thing. Let's, let's, let's sing on a high note. Oh, yeah, real high note, because now there's a new member of Redacted. Oh. Gross. The What's man- his name, A&L or something, isn't it? I mean, I was calling him a Christmas jumper because the initials are ACL. His name is a cock juice. 
You just want uh, one portion of cock juice? A cock juice? Yes, juice of a rooster. Yes. Mm. Mm. I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what she said. We have three minutes, so we'll have to speed through this. Uh, yeah, so Redacted came out. That's what she said. You bet, man. Stop. That's what. Serious wrestlers and serious wrestling show. Uh, yeah, so this was a secret center match. Uh, ACJ slash formerly known as Bailey uh, came out with uh, Disgrace. And then Bryant came out to reveal that he was the secret center and was going to name ACJ's opponent. But then the real sanity clause made an appearance. Woohoo, Santa! Yep. Uh, and was then uh, attacked by Redacted. And then Jitters made the save. Of course. Jitters is a close personal friend of Santa's, so I believe. Yeah, makes sense. Hmm. Uh, but Bryant gave special instructions to Disgrace, who was the allocated referee for the match, uh, and then proceeded to slow count every little thing that ACJ was doing. Uh, and fast counting everything that Jitters did. Yeah, it's, it was a bit backwards, but um, sort of had some redacted logic to it, so we'll go with it, yeah. It was interesting to watch. Uh, and in the end, ACJ picked up the victory after a very slow three count. Hmm. Well... It was performed by a redacted member, so generally when you think redacted, I think very slow. So, yeah. No comment for fear of further legal action from DR and Hal. Uh, yeah, no comment. There's your prejudice and bias for redacted. And the main event was Bryant defending his CPW heavyweight. We've missed the match. We have. Uh, Okay, right, so we had also Liam Erickson taking on the seven juggernaut Chalky Murdoch. This match, well, is exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. Two big meaty men slapping meat. Um, And there was some big meat being slapped. And yeah, it was, it was, it was brutal. Um, in a in a sort of sort of like like this the train wrecks that you just can't help but watch. Um yeah. Um to Brian won't like me saying this, but two behemoths just beating the crap out of each other and it was brilliant. Um yeah, Chalky Murder picked up the win. Um but then left the ring and didn't know what was going on, but he told Liam Erickson to wait there and he came back out with two rather large brown bottles as Saturday was Crate day. So, which is, anybody who knows Chalky Murdoch knows that is his, his, his religious holiday. Um, and so ex- a special license was sought and gotten so Chalky Murdoch could celebrate his religious holiday in the ring with um, Liam Erickson. Uh, yeah, they chugged the beer. Now we can get on to the behemoth match. There you go. 
Uh, and then Bryant retained the CPW Heavyweight Championship uh, in a well-fought contest between himself and Taylor Adams. Yeah. Yes. Time is but, running out. Yeah, yeah, but then, but, but then redacted. Tried to, you know, beat up on Taylor Adams. Um, the new tag team champions of Star Yates came running out. With the third member of Star Yates, Santa. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, Mr. A&L or ACJ or whatever his name is. Um, he, um, yeah, ended up eating a super kick from Santa, um, which is one of the most athletic super kicks I've seen for a very, very long time. Um, even did the old tuning up the band and everything like that. And then just before... Um, Taylor Adams could hit the Claymore kick. Um, yeah, Disgrace pulled ACJ out of the ring and Brian slung him over his shoulder and carried him out the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice way to finish. Yeah. Take that redacted. I mean, what? Yeah. Uh, so, as I was saying, we are quickly running out of time here on Pipe Bombs and Headlocks. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at PBNH Show. Uh, if you want to email us, show at gmail.com. If you've missed any episodes over the last six months, you can catch me at npr.nz forward slash show forward slash PBNH Show. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you're listening on Triple Nine AM, stay tuned for the Wrestling Roundup. Uh, shout outs to Grady and Josh. Also, be sure to check out Wrestle Cafe. Uh, on the Common Network. I believe it's on Plains FM and possibly still Radio Southland. Um, yes. Yeah, it's been a while. I need to check into that. And yeah, if you want to catch a replay of this episode, you can hear it Saturday nights from 9 p.m. on NPR. Massive shout outs to Mr. Ray Gunn and to Mr. Jackie47. And if you would like to get hold of Sammy G and maybe get some special seasonal welcomes and greetings, you can find him in Tripod at happyelf.com. See ya! Pia, pia. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.npr.nz forward slash donate.